0: This podcast is brought to you by public.com, the investing social network. Public is a free app where you can own the companies you believe in and share ideas in a community of investors. There are a few investing apps out there, but here's what's different about public. There are social features that allow people to share and discover new ideas, and the app supports responsible investing habits. So they don't encourage day trading, nor do they offer margin accounts or options. Features like safety labels on potentially risky stocks give members more complete context. Public has also opted out of payment for order flow, so they don't sell your trades to third parties. Public's community is about 40% women and 45% people of color, so its members come from all sorts of backgrounds and walks of life. Conversations on public span deep dives into new IPOs as well as general insights on financial wellness and category trends. You can even use group chats to build investing clubs with your friends. Head over to public.com to sign up and start with a free slice of stock. Get going with as little as $1, and if you're looking to transfer your portfolio over from another brokerage, they'll even cover fees for accounts valued at over $150. Some fine print valid for U.S. residents 18 years and older and subject to account approval. See public.com slash disclosures. Hi everyone, it's Julie Verhage Greenberg here with our tux time podcast from FinTech Today, where we talk about all things fintech. And in this episode, I am joined by special guest Stuart Sop, the co-founder of Challenger Bank Currents. Stuart, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you, Julie, for having me. Very excited to talk to you today.
0: Yeah, and this um, we are recording it the day before you are announcing some very big news in this will release right along with it. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Tell the audience more about what you guys are, are putting out there today.
1: Would love to talk more about it. Thank you so much. Yes, we're announcing our Series D funding, um, $220 million. Um, we've raised about four hundred just over to date over our five-year um, history. And that brings our new valuation, which we've tripled to $2.2 billion. So lots of big numbers for us. Um, and so we're extremely excited to have our new new investor and lead lead investor and joining our board, Andres and Horowitz. So um, so excited to have them. And we had a bunch of people from our previous rounds like Tiger, TQ Ventures, Avenue, Sapphire Foundation, and the rest, um, uh, Wellington and Al, um, all join and, and in substantial sort of ways. So lots and lots of... Um, validation and backing from from really really good investors um for to continue our mission
0: so two questions off that one which partner was it at Andreessen that led it and is joining the board and then two our audience is pretty familiar with the challenger space in general but let's dive a little bit deeper into what makes current different from some of the other players
1: it was um uh, yeah, absolutely. David George runs runs growth general partner over there. Great guy. Um haven't actually met him in person. That's another quirk of COVID nineteen is uh, I've I've known the Andreessen crew and they're very talented for many years. And um and I think you know it's just a little odd that you know we've got to this point of investing and really excited to be working with them and we haven't met in person. So there we go. Um what makes us special, current? Well, I'll I'll back up because um you know, what's going on in america is really important why why we exist right so there's a lot you know there's a lack of transparency around financial um technology and there's a lot of complexity coming you've probably seen it all happen with nfts and crypto and all the rest of it and we haven't really even resolved the bifurcation and the sort of um the income inequality that we had from our old system right which was building up hundreds of millions of people um, effectively being left out cut off from financial opportunity and so, and so for current, that's our mission, is to improve um, you know, the financial outcomes of, of our members by creating motivational and inspirational products. Sounds very, very missiony, and that's really what it's about. Um, so that's why we exist. There's a lot of people who, who don't fit the business model of banking, and that's not because banks are terrible and terrible people at all. I used to be in them. Um, it's more about their business model and where they've come from. And of course, the world has changed and they're slow to adapt. So that's why we're around. Um, we bank people, um, who, who are driven and determined and want to get ahead, but also more importantly, have a mobile phone and and look at our marketing channels, like TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, YouTube creators is something we, we use, um, uh, like a really big focus and we had a big, big announcement today, which maybe we can go into in terms of product differentiation. We have a teen account, which most other people don't, we go younger than most other people. So our average age on our whole system is like 27, 28 years old. It's not exclusive. It's just it's just how, it's how, how we see um, uh, banking people for a lifetime. If you're like my age, you're mid forties, you're much more unlikely to go and switch your bank. So, So we recognize that early on. And then in terms of like other things, You've got three, three main points that current addresses. So access to financial services. 50% of our members never had a bank account before. Um, that'll go down over time, I'm sure, as we increase our TAM and addressability and have more features and stuff. That's really important. And if you think about access in the future, that's going to be things like cryptocurrencies and access to high-yield servings and things like that. Then we focus on liquidity, getting people's payroll early. Um, overdraft facilities that don 't cost anything getting you to your next paycheck and all that other stuff when that goes forward for us in in, in current that 's things like you know personal loans auto loans um, credit cards things like that and then as much value as we can get back to people that 's points um, we have a point system that 's a big differentiator compared to our competitors at the moment whereby you get swipes uh, you sorry you get points in every swipe in think places like gas stations fast food um, and, and those kind of places where people our shopping. If you think about it, if you're not eligible for a credit card, you kind of don't get points, you don't get loyalty, you don't get rewarded um, for building those big chains and those big brands. And, and so we see ourselves as a little bit of a, uh, a conversion, a nexus between those merchants and and, and our members.
0: And you guys, one other thing, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here is that you have a monthly fee to access all of these services. But from what I understand, the point system can often cover that fee. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So just to be um, super transparent, we are totally free and you can elect in a basic account or you could be premium. So the premium gets you multiple points as opposed to 1x points. So it's about about the value you see in current. Um, And then some of our credit and our limits sit underneath that $5 a month fee. Um, if you signed up for Mr. Beast today, uh, it's totally free for life and it's a lifetime giveaway. So you, you should you should type in that beast uh, code. <laughs> it's obviously good value. Um, and so really, when you think about credit cards, um, you know, if you're a mass affluent or whatever it is, you're paying $500 to go and get hopefully $1,000 worth of value. And so that's why you're willing. Of course, there are free credit cards and the rest of it. And so what we're doing is collapsing and converging a debit product as well as the value of a credit product and so it's necessary to have a free account whereby it's no minimums no monthly's and all that other stuff and then an elective premium account that if you're going to use it a lot and you really are into like getting 250 bucks back on your on your gas a year and all the rest of it then it makes sense to get those those multiple x points
0: there you go. Okay. Um, and you mentioned Mr. Beast. We are having your colleague, head of marketing, Adam, on, uh, on Monday. So we'll dive more into it then because ah. he is the guy leading the charge on this effort. Talk to us a little bit more about what this partnership is, though.
1: Yeah, I won't mow his lawn too much because I do that at every um, monthly stand-up in the company. So he'll hate me if, if I keep going. But, um, but yes, the, uh, the high level is that um, uh, Jimmy Donaldson, Mr. Beast, and his team... At Night Media have an exclusive partnership with us um, in the fintech finance, I should say, category, um, and and that's about working closer with creators. When you think about our role in in, in this space, it's it's enabling creators to go and build content that that um, our members and others enjoy, and so we're super excited about doing that. And then it's you know someone like Jimmy is is a marketing uh, business expert um, for for young adults, right? you know, people in Gen Z and maybe a late, late stage millennial. And so just working with him and his team is just like a, a real privilege to understand, you know, how people think and what they really want. And of course, the country is divided and he's out of North Carolina and all the rest of it. And so we get a really good insight into how to build uh, relevant, uh, sustainable and um and valuable products for people that we don't see here in new york
0: that's super interesting i hadn't thought about that point um mainly because i'm the older side of the millennial so i wasn't (laughs) sure exactly where he is based and everything but i I guarantee if i talk to my little cousins or something they're going to know who mr beast is on youtube um so i'm excited for that conversation with adam on monday um that'll be a really good one too Um, So one number I want to mention that you alluded to before is, just to get some clarification, you mentioned that 50% of users have never had a bank account before. Is that including the teen users that would sign up for your platform as well, or is that just people that are older?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. No, it's not including the the teen product. So multi-product strategy, teen bank account 13 to 18, as well as 18 plus, Um, 50% of all accounts. And it's going down a little bit as that percentage as we scale um, since our series C. Um, but it's 50% never had a bank account before. So, so you, we're talking about wow. people, yeah, onboarding to the financial services um, um, uh, um, is is like a main focus, a main objective for current. And so, what you're probably thinking, well, what the hell were they using? <laughs> so, people were using cash, prepaid cards, um, alternative financial services. And so, what that means is those check cashing places that you know, sort of dodgy looking places you wouldn't want to go into yourself. Um, uh, are are in uh, are the places that are are serving a lot of Americans and so um, it's a you know a real privilege and honor to be able to um, onboard people into the existing financial um, services uh, platform uh, so so they can take advantage of, of of some of the benefits that we all enjoy.
0: So a lot of your customers are obviously coming from that unbanked category. Then the ones that were banked before, though, where are they coming from? Are they coming from regional banks, bulge bracket banks, other challenger banks? Talk to me a bit more about that dynamic.
1: Yeah. So 50 odd percent will square that one away. I've never had a bank account before. And then the other 50 percent um, is evenly split, 25 percent from existing banks and about 18 percent um, plus another seven ish. 18 is fintech, so other fintechs, um, but 25% is is um, is traditional banks, and and then the, that last seven percent is is sort of miscellaneous other. So um, the 25% banks, it's your usual suspects. Um, I'm sure they'll be really pl- pleased for me to say, <laughs> um, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, um, you know the bulge bracket banks that um, you know have all the fees and have all the overdraft. Um, penalties. You know, you go one dollar over, and you get thirty-five bucks. Thirty-five bucks every t- every twenty-four hours that you don't pay it, up to hundreds of dollars. Which you know, you're looking at the entire savings of some of our members is like a couple hundred bucks. So, so, so it's just untenable, right? And th- those banks are trying to recoup their costs because twenty-five to forty-five percent of all checking accounts in America lose banks money. It's because they can't, you know, effectively sell credit and their technology costs are so high. And of course, we've solved that problem. We built our own tech stack. So cost of maintenance is very, very low, two orders of magnitude lower, and then our cost to acquire customers is much lower. Um, And we're deposit agnostic. We're we're sort of aligned with the spend as, as, as much as they spend. Is when we start making money. So monetizing the Visa network.
0: Uh, one bank you did not mention on there is JPMorgan Chase, and their <laughs> CEO Jamie Dimon recently said that companies like yours have an unfair advantage because they're not regulated in the same <laughs> way. What do you say to? I hear you chuckling in the background.
1: <laughs> well, I was I was admitting is uh, I was admitting Chase in the hope that you wouldn't ask me that question. So I it was funny. it <laughs> <That> was fun. <laughs> so you got me. Um, Look, he uh, he is one of the best bankers of our generation. Right? There's just no doubting it. He's, he, they're amazing, and he is a very, you know, personally very adept. So, um, um, but but his 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 comments, I think, are a little disingenuous. Um, we are fully uh, under the banking and regulatory purview uh, and, and remit. So we get audited as an agent of our issuing banks. We have three issuing banks, and we get audited multiple times a year. And so there is nothing unfair about that. Um in fact, it's the other way. We probably could add, we probably <laughs> could argue we, it's a pretty big cost. Uh regulators know who we are. There's nothing going on that you know no one knows about, if that makes sense. Um and then in terms of like where he was edging towards um things like Durban and the rest of it, well, that was that was the point of it, right? The point was that banks, large bracket, bulge bracket banks, have a privileged quasi-governmental position of which they will never go down. Um, treated And paid like a private enterprise. Um, And really, because of their legacy architecture and all the rest of it, never really get to banking the majority of Americans. And like I said, there's a dynamic, a framework shift happening of which, you know, the rich are getting richer and the banks are making sure they service them. And really, there's, you know, other than charitable donations, really no product innovation or focus on on the rest. And so um, I don't know why he's worried. Like his customers are doing fine and he's doing fine. Same with Chase. Um, and we're banking everyone um, that the bulge bracket ranks are, uh, are not able to bank. So I, I don't see the problem.
0: So something you are that Jamie Dimon is not is a very good product person. Not saying that he's necessarily bad at it, but whenever I talk to people, they mention just how good of a product guy Stuart Sop is. So <laughs> with this new funding that you're getting, how are you guys going to think about that in terms of... I mean, like you said, many of your customers have never had a bank account before. So like, how do you serve someone like that, that doesn't even really know what to expect? And then the ones that are coming from other banks, I would feel like you want to make sure they stay with you since they were obviously willing to switch from their other bank. You got to keep them there, keep them loyal to you, because they might be more likely to, you know, make that switch in the future as well. If you don't live up to whatever they were expecting from you.
1: Yeah, these are both really good questions and concerns. So these are like internal things we focus on uh, quite heavily. So one, um, well, thank you for the compliment. Um, Josh Stevens, VP of product um, is, is the real star here, um, but, but I do poke my nose into a few things, which he doesn't like that much, um, as well as marketing. And so um, you're right because when you, like I'll give you an example, we've given you know, points on, on swipes, like at gas stations and fast food, uh, to a membership base that has never had points before, never been re- rewarded for loyalty, like I mentioned. And so there was a significant amount of confusion from people because they didn't know what the points were, what the conversion was, they're just not used to it. And so and so there was a, an element of assumption from us, that, you know, thinking, oh, we'll, you know, we'll converge the, these two things. And so there was a significant amount of upskilling and knowledge-based um, learning for our members to understand what the value was. And so... Um, I think from a high level, we've ha- we have realised that we have a important role to play in financial education, and that's a very loose, um, lofty term, sort of banded around. But I don't mean it in that sort of patronising, paternal way. I mean just product explanation and how things mm-hmm. really work. Um, and so we're focused on doing that a lot going forward. And I tell you why is also to your point. As people do get you know more affluent, wealthier, do they just want to go to another bank? Well that's one of the other reasons why we have the points uh, system as well as the credit system that we have most credit for uh, you know deep subprime doesn't f- you know f- filter back to um, uh, to the FICO system it's like a feedback loop if you think about a mass affluent experience you go and get a credit card a personal loan you've got a bank and you do good things you look at the number and the number goes up and then you do more good things and you get more credit and all the rest of it until it pops and then you know you have a size of you know sizable event and then you try and Re- recoup that number. Well, that doesn't exist for like about 150 million people in this country, right? So they're not part of that system of being ostracized and all the rest of it. And so developing products and tools that emulate some of that progress, those small steps that show good behavior, the things that you want to do, increase your limits, get a, you know, get an interest-free overdraft, maybe it's more personal credit and or like a, bet- a better debit card. So those are the things that we're focused on. And then finally, we are in a increasing complexity financial services world you've seen it around nfts crypto and all the rest of it it's getting really really complicated even for some of these mass affluent people who are actually building this stuff i don't think everyone understands what's going on so so how do we get the value that everyone is participating in to the to the normal person in the street right because not everyone's going to go and buy dogecoin and and bitcoin and all the rest of it there's like there's a bunch of things being re-networked and value current has this unique opportunity um to bring and shepherd people along from this old world this old world that's decaying and left a bunch of people out into this new world of value and that's that's some of our new product feature sets that'll be coming out this
0: year yeah one you did last year was just making sure people got their stimulus money like asap
1: yep yeah that's right and i would say in terms of product development that's um, it took precedent, right? So we deprioritized things so that, so that people did get their money first. And they also, you know, in some way we became a de facto governmental spokesperson for like how to do things. Because there wasn't, um, you know, it was state by state and federal would say one thing. And it was, let's be honest, it was pretty confusing under the previous administration given what was going on. And so we stepped up and stepped into this role of trying to help our members navigate really complicated things. Um, and I think, you know, not only did the team do a great job, but also I think our members, we've got an NPS, we ran an NPS score last last week or two weeks ago, it's 85. It's insane. We, we weren't even sure if we were to show it to people because they think it's unreal. But I think when you, when you really go out of your way to help people and it's not under the banking remit to show them tax stuff and all, this other, all these other things, um, you know, our, our, our members really, really appreciate it.
0: One other thing I want to ask, I know we're coming up on time here, is there's been a lot of niche challenger banks that have popped up over the past couple of years, Co- companies that are focused on like, helping the freelancer economy or gig economy, companies that are focused on the LGBTQ community. What are your thoughts on that space where you're going after such a niche market?
1: Yeah, it's not going to work for the business. I think what you're seeing here is vertical terms are very, very interesting um, in terms of Affinity and loyalty and brand recognition and also retention and just community building. Basically money, there's an economic term for money, unit of account, store of wealth, all this other stuff. Forget that, forget economists. Money nowadays, I think, is just a social construct, especially when negative real interest rates. It doesn't really have any value, it has negative value. So what is it? It's a social construct. And so what we're seeing is the beginning of these um, banks are really just communities. Uh, who will want to be together and like push forward their agendas right? And I think that's really 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 powerful as a business they're not going to scale but but if you had to hold on to that product idea, you could probably guess where our super secret stuff is going in the future.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, would you ever think about launching various communities on uh, Current? Would you think about acquiring one of these banks and launching that? Because whenever I talk to some of the smaller investors in these uh, niche challenger banks, they often think, well, yeah, the company is not going to IPO, but this would make a really good acquisition target for someone.
1: Yeah, all of the above. <laughs> I can't go too much into it, but this, you know, it's... it's. Um, it, it's got to be the future we, we, we sort of even america it, as a country doesn't represent everyone given all the issues that we have and so the the dollar represents America, but does it represent every state and I think you just the, this future world we're going to have is you know currency there could be a Texas dollar which will be like there'll be a credit to the to the federal dollar, but like it won't be one to one, and then maybe that gives you rights and Taxing privileges, maybe you have to you know, get a discount. There's all these other things that's going to come about. It's going to get really complicated, but very, very exciting. And you can imagine how that filters down to city, state, um, and then even individuals, and then communities around those things. I think very exciting future. You're going to need a company like Current to navigate it for you, help you, um, empower you, and like show you the opportunity and unlock that future so that you can get to where you want to be.
0: On that note, we will close it off there. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today to talk about this exciting news. Um, We we literally are publishing the podcast a day late just to be able to make sure we can (laughs) announce this along with the news that you guys are doing. (laughs) Um, That is. That is it for today's episode, though. Join me again on Thursday when Craig Lewis of GigWage join us. And then, of course, again on Monday when Adam from Current joins us to talk about the creator-influencer dynamic in the fintech space. Thank you, Stuart. This was great.
1: Thank you so much for having me.